G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We do like to monitor changes in key leadership roles in many of the significant Christian ministry organisations happening here in Australia. Well, there's been a transition in the leadership at Open Doors. That's the outstanding ministry that produces the World Watch List each year and supports persecuted Christians around the world. Adam Holland is the new interim CEO at Open Doors. Adam is joining us. Adam, welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. My pleasure. Adam, taking over the reins at Open Doors uh, from a personality like Mike Gore, who was in that role for the past seven years, these are big shoes to fill. Absolutely. There's an incredible legacy and heritage um, right back from Brother Andrew founding the ministry through to the various CEOs here in Australia. And there's just a, a beautiful legacy there to build on. And of course, Open Doors in Australia is part of a global a set of agencies that are at work in a lot of countries around the world. And uh, so the Australian arm, uh, one bit of a big hole. Absolutely. It's a global partnership and incredible collaboration and just boots on the ground. Lots of the work is obviously covert and sensitive, but um, the stories that we get to share from those brothers and sisters experiencing persecution, um, it's just a, it's a privilege to get to support them and, and strengthen what remains. You've been in an operational and governance role with Open Doors, but you were formerly with another very significant Christian-based organisation, Compassion. It spent nine years. I did. It was it was a great joy to work for Compassion and their focus on children and, and families in poverty. Just incredible. Got to travel the world and see so much of the work that Compassion does on the ground and just the faithful support so many Christians and churches provide to that ministry. It's similar to Open Doors where um, there's just a quiet salt of the earth, light of the earth work going on and people choosing to support those organizations. And it's, uh, it's incredible. Interesting connection, isn't there, between an organization like Compassion, which is interested in dealing with breaking cycles of poverty and care for the poor and uh, being able to introduce children into levels of education they might have only ever dreamed of for their families. And this connection that you have with Open Doors, dealing with issues around mm. persecution of the church, uh, big dimensions mm. there, and uh, you're putting your attentions now into the persecution issues. Absolutely. I mean, I think um, there's many foes that uh, believers face around the world. That's true for us here in Australia, New Zealand. Um, it's also true in countries where there's systemic issues of government or economics. And so the cycles of poverty often are a form of, of real suffering for families um, and obviously for compassion and its focus of children in poverty. But that that connection point to what persecution ends up looking like. Often um, perpetrators of persecution are government 
officials or agencies. Um, and then there is a real degree of economic persecution that happens for believers who simply can't get jobs or have any opportunity to feel safe or move um, within their countries or find new industries to work in simply because they're Christians, um, which is which is tragic. And so many contexts for how persecution happens around the world. Sometimes we think of the uh, names who are at the top of the list, uh, like North Korea and uh, Afghanistan. Uh, we think of persecution in China. Uh, we think of uh, the ways that sometimes there's religious persecution and oftentimes coming from more extremist Islamic uh, dictatorships that are persecuting Christians. But this persecution happens on a lot of different dimensions. Absolutely. And that's um, that's one of the things that often surprises people. It surprised me that um, one of the most dangerous places to, to follow Jesus, just in terms of physical safety, is Nigeria. You don't, you don't often think of that, but there's an extreme form of persecution. It's brutally violent in that country. Um, but you think of places like Iraq or Egypt, um, even India, alongside the ones that you named, because persecution looks differently in different countries. And um, it, it all boils down to that extreme challenge people have following Jesus just because of the pressures put on them from society or their peers or the government. Um, but that's the incredible stories of courage and bravery that we see where people choose to follow Jesus Um they see God at work and they're willing to be part of that um, regardless of the cost that it has for them. And it gets even more complicated, doesn't it, when we think of some persecution within what we'd say is the broader body of the Christian church. You were in South America earlier this year and they've got some challenges mm -hmm. they work with in uh, nations like Colombia and Mexico. Mm -hmm. Very true, that's right. I think... Often when religious institutions and civic institutions become the same, which is the case in, in those countries, um, Catholic Church and local government or even federal government um, are very enmeshed. If you sit outside that, then, um, and particularly if your focus is on following Jesus and it looks different to what those leaders or those people believe that it should, um, incredible forms of persecution, just pressure within a within a community to you have your electricity cut off, you have your water cut off, or you just simply lose your job. And you know there's no recourse because uh, those in power are the ones that have done that to you. And you know displacement of people as a result of that. So you're right. Sadly, um, there can be a religious element um, within some broader sense of Christendom. Um, you know, not not the true body of Christ, but where religious institutions have become enmeshed with civic institutions. Often it's a really uh, a tragic outcome for those who choose to follow Jesus and are public about it. Adam Holland, as we're talking about your new role as the interim CEO, I wonder if you've got any sort of foundation you'd like to talk about when it comes to scripture or what we're anticipating that happens here in the 21st century that might be different to 2,000 years ago when we might have seen and heard uh, words of Jesus. What sort of scripture mm. comes to mind as you're appreciating the work that we have to do today with the persecuted church? 
Hmm. It's a great question, Neil. I um I found in my time at Open Doors there's parts of the Bible that have just come alive, scripture that I was familiar with, but it suddenly has more dimensions to it and it means something different uh, because you've seen what it means to have people persecuted, um, but to hold on to their relationship with Jesus. I mean, a couple of passages that I have to come back to um, in 1 Peter 4, there's that incredible uh, reflection. Um, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fire trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. And then rejoicing insofar as we share in Christ's sufferings. I mean, I can say for myself that's still aspirational to um, rejoice and share in Christ's sufferings, but that's what we're called to. And I think the, you know, the, the sort of beautiful passage in Matthew 5, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, those passages mean different things to me now, having seen and experienced and heard firsthand stories of those who experienced persecution. And it does help create unity in the body of Christ, even if we we're not aware of it, or, or we can even ignore it at times. Where one part of the body suffers, um, the other the other parts suffer as well. I'm trying to live life differently in how we parent our children, or how we're a part of the church that we've been in. We've been in the same church 17 years, and um, adding that dimension of persecution, which just probably gets some nods from time to time, but often isn't a core part of teaching or prayer. Um, and it's it's this opportunity to be united as the body of Christ. Something we Aussies have not been so accustomed to, uh, actual experience of persecution. Uh, some are concerned that that may be ahead of us in the times to come. Mm. But it's been such a significant year for Open Doors mm. too because the passing of the founder of Open Doors, Brother Andrew, a little earlier this year. That was a significant thing. And in some sense, uh, there's the father of Open Doors and uh, gone to be with the Lord. But uh, he certainly mm. left an incredible legacy. He did. I mean, um, to, to honor the the life that he lived and, and the ministry that he started. I mean, this um, actually, this Sunday is the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And he has so many quotes over over his uh, you know through his books and over the years that are incredible to reflect on and just little you know little things that that he would do to you know pray for seeing eyes to be blind when they're smuggling Bibles in um, or just acknowledging that you know prayer can turn the world upside down. Um, he lived an incredible life. You know it wasn't it wasn't perfect by any means, and I think often that's the challenge we can have of almost venerating. Um, people who started something and pioneered um, real challenges in his life. And he was very open about those, um, but loved the Lord and was faithful uh, right through to the end in terms of his relationship with God and the work to bring the gospel to those who experience persecution and, and strengthen what remains. Um, just an incredible life. His, his memorial service is actually um in November, mid-November, we're hoping that there will be part of that can that can be live-streamed um, and we'll be providing that link to our donors. Uh, keep us in the loop on that one and we'd love to let our listeners know how they could participate in a memorial service for someone like Brother Andrew. 
Hey, this Sunday, that International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, uh, lots of listeners may be a part of a church that's participating in that. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not, you could still take a little bit of time uh, to recognise some of those hot spots around the world, as you mentioned Nigeria, but uh, we also mentioned mm-hmm. Afghanistan and North Korea, mm-hmm. and uh, there's another 50 names uh, easily added to a list like that. But Adam Holland just wanted to say a special welcome along to your new role. You are the new interim CEO at Open Doors. And for listeners to connect with Open Doors, check out some of the initiatives that are underway. You can go to opendoors.org.au. That's opendoors.org.au. Adam Holland, uh, thanks so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.